This is Lampshade Media Presents Black Spider-Man Welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Black Spider-Man. Hell yeah. How you been? Pretty good, man, overall. Yeah? You made a move recently. You're out in L.A. now. We're working uh, working together, but across the country. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. It's sunny and beautiful here always, so I can't, can't complain about that. Yeah. You're in L.A. or San Diego? You're in L.A., right? I'm in L.A. Kyle Dowdy's in San Diego. Yeah, Kyle Dowdy made to San Diego. You guys have uh, connected like in the summer or something, right? Yeah, back when 3,000 people weren't dying today and things were like not doing terrible. We hung out a couple times late September or something like that. We've so I've seen him. Yeah, he's doing good. When did you when did you move to L.A.? I got here mid-September. Okay, so it was like uh, early fall then already. But there was still some some shit popping there. Yeah, there's, I mean, geez, there's still stuff right now. But we're under a stay-at-home order, so, like, pass. It seems stupid to me to go, like, tell, do open mic comedy and risk a fine COVID and also maybe legal trouble. But that's just me. Does that mean that the bars are allowed to have an open mic, but you as a performer will be fined? No. Okay, so, all like, all bars, all restaurants are closed. And honestly, Mel... The stay-at-home order is also very confusing to me and everyone else I know in L.A. Like, it's like, you can't go to a park with somebody that you don't live in your house with. But if you want to go to the spa, that's chill. If you want to go shopping, that's fine. So that's confusing. Hmm. And you're not supposed to have, like, any outdoor gatherings. So, like, all the mics have been in, like, parking lots or at the beach or at parks. And now you're not supposed to have any outdoor gatherings whatsoever unless it's a Hmm. protest. Wow. Yeah, so that's that. I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm not really feeling funny right now anyway, so I'm not itching to do it, but it'll be good once it's back up. Have you written uh, during this, this season? Like, I've written some jokes. Honestly, what I've been trying to focus on is just like my personal writing and just writing personal essays and stuff like that because that, I find that a lot more productive and healing oh, cool. to me personally. Like, I'm not doing anything with them. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe if I stumbled across like a pitch calling for personal essays, like, then sure, maybe I'd submit it. But like, that's kind of where my focus is just kind of like writing about myself, honestly. Huh. And I actually made that realization kind of like in the past couple of days, like, hey, I'm not really feeling funny right now. It's okay that I'm not feeling funny. Which I know, like, so many people have said, and it's just, like, seems like such an obvious thing. It's just, like, you know, if you don't want to write jokes, don't write jokes. And I've written a couple jokes. I've probably written, like, two minutes of jokes this year, if that. But it just, I, when you can't try it out, and it's just kind of a matter of jotting it down, and then you sit on it for, well, months until you get the chance to do a Zoom mic or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Have you been able to kind of get a feel for the local scene at all? yeah a little bit like everybody's everybody's really cool like that i've met like i've met some really nice people everybody that's out and about doing stuff it's mostly white dudes which is kind of funny but uh which i'm sure it's not like that in regular times but i would imagine the people still going out kind of gear more like kind of lean more like conservative lean more like laissez-faire yeah yeah (laughs) your words not mine (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll give you plausible deniability. Yeah, right? like very like broy. <laughs> that isn't to say I haven't met nice people. I've met a lot of nice people, but I yeah, I'm sure once like things start like opening back up and things get safer, which they will sooner rather than later. Man, it's been so crazy, and we got a vaccine on the way, but we're probably you know you and I probably aren't going to have access to it until you know spring at the earliest. Oh, totally. Know? But I mean like healthcare workers are starting to get shots literally this upcoming monday which is what like the 14th or something which is going to help enormously they need two doses and they're getting one right and you know I, I mean i like, mean like it's don't, still get, don't get me coming. wrong i'm not expecting shit to get back to normal monday but i'm saying like that's going to be yeah. huge like we're not gonna have nurses dying of covid like thank god like yeah it's gonna make a right. huge difference like just in like a all these people's quality of life right right i mean like i'm ecstatic because my dad is 77 my mom's 62 like at least well my mom has underlying health conditions she's gonna be like one of the first people that's gonna be able to get this vaccine and i'm just like so beyond relieved to hear that like and know that yeah so yeah like i mean i'll be i'll be damned i'm just excited for them to get shot up for sure for sure this is a, a bit of a subject change but you're you're like what 23 yeah, I'll be 24 in February. Yeah, so your parents are, are older than uh, a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Yeah, Jerry kept the ball rolling. You, uh, so you my a surprise both, baby or what? No, my, uh, my so <laughs> second marriage for them both. Um, my mom's first marriage, she just never had kids. It just didn't happen for her. And then uh, my dad has two kids from his first marriage. And my oldest brother is like, I think he's 51 now, 52. And so, hmm. yeah, and so then my half-brother and my half-sister, both on my dad's side, they've each got their own kids and their own fam like their own families. And my oldest niece is 18, and my youngest niece is six. Oh, wow. Oh, and then I have my full sister, which, uh, so my full sister's 27. I'm 20, almost 24. That's, that's my little family. Wow, that's a, that's a different dynamic than a lot of people have, isn't it? It definitely is. I don't really think about it until, like, you know, in the before times, like if I'm at a party that my brother's family is hosting, we meet meet his friends. And it's like, oh, wait, yeah, you are Jerry's daughter, aren't you? Jerry being my dad. I'm like, yep. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know, I thought he looks like a little bit like Jennifer, who is my sister. A little bit of his, hers, and mine kind of dynamic, huh? Yeah. But I mean, my parents met when they were both when they were both older. So it wasn't like weird. Like my mom was 30 and my dad was 43. So like they were yeah. like everybody was grown up in the situation. It's not like she was 18. Yeah. I remember. So like when I was your age, I remember having a two year rule, like and feeling very strongly that like I had to be within two years. And I think that like, I don't know when you're younger, it's like obviously like adolescence, like things change so quickly. Right. So when you're totally. younger, it seems like reasonable to have these kind of uh, restrictions on age. But as you get older, it's like, yeah, 10 years well, yeah. is like not a ton, you know? Yeah. Like, so. I don't think it matters so much as like how old people are, but it's like a matter of life experience. So like I could date yeah. a 21 year old right now and they're going to be like two years younger than me is not like a big deal. But if they're still in college, that's going to be fucking weird to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you can't like as an as an adult, no matter how old you are, as an adult, you yeah. cannot date someone that lives in a dorm room. <laughs> well, right, like just pass. Like, and I may hard you know, pass, just, hard yeah, no, no, just weird. Just like okay, so we, or even like even if they're like twenty, it's just like three years younger, not that much, but like 
oh i can't go right. to the bar with you that's bizarre like uh, yeah. also all of my friends like all of my friends all of my relationships everybody's like skewed a little older yeah most of my so like most of my friends are like late 20s early 30s right generally. right so, yeah because yeah you're one of the young people in the comedy scene you're yeah. you're you know the you're the future i Sam know Welch. <laughs> yeah that's right how do you how do you feel about being the future i was thinking yesterday about how i didn't want to get old <laughs> <laughs> which i know is like a common thing because because right now mel i have potential <laughs> so that's a nice thing right? <laughs> hey i'm almost 40 and i still have potential okay don't tell me i don't <laughs> you know and i believe and i believe in you but like at what age <laughs> At what age? <laughs> <laughs> when do I throw in the fucking flag? Well, what? well right, like kinda, <laughs> not you specifically. I'm thinking about. I am talking exclusively about me here, and so anything that you take on yourself, yeah, that, that's all enough. on you. <laughs> you can work that out with your therapist. But yeah, yeah. Now like, at what point yeah. do I hit the age where I'm just like not like ah, oh, like because right now I'm at the age. It's like Sam's gonna do big things. Like at what at what age? People gonna stop saying yeah. that about me and i'm petrified for that age big things are gonna happen in your life and you're gonna you know you're gonna get there i feel like i don't know i i, I with my religion growing up and whatnot i felt like there was this kind of messiah thing that was presented to everybody where like oh god has big plans for yeah. you you know something very important god has a very specific reason for your existence and there's this kind of like big importance placed on your life right which i feel is is important to the entire manipulation of religion as in general but now that i'm not religious anymore i still kind of feel like i've got a role to play i've got something to do you know and i don't know if that's like the world no I that like I, I totally am with that have you read the book the alchemist do you like to read? I do like to read. I have Okay, read well, based Alchemist. on what you're saying, I think you'd really tell me, like it. Tell me okay, about so it. So basically, it's about a guy, and it, I mean, it's like it's just like a philosophical story. Like the story itself of what, like, because it's a guy, he's trying to like discover a treasure, right? It's it's kind of like a generic, like every man sort of thing. That's that's what it's about. Like everybody has their personal journey. Like everybody's supposed to do. Like basically, yeah. all of the religious stuff you're just saying but without like the God underline. And I totally subscribe to that. I mean, mind you, I'm still, I'm, I consider myself a Christian. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And people tend to be surprised to hear that because I mean, like I, I was just raised Episcopalian. I am. Surprised. Yeah. I mean, I was raised Episcopalian and it's like, not like an enormous, a part of my identity because I'm kind of like, I kind of believe in everything. It's like a smorgasbord of religions. Just like, yeah, okay. I think how I could sum up my religiosity best. I believe everyone has a purpose. I believe we're all supposed to be nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally believe in like, like uh, matter cannot be created nor destroyed. I don't think people's energies can be created or destroyed. Like, I don't know if the afterlife is a place, but I think like, I think there's definitely something going on with like all of our energies. I sound like such a fucking hippie right now, but there's not really a better way to put that. Man, I struggle. I struggle with sounding that way too, but there's definitely something to be said about the idea that when we are in a bad mood, we impact totally. those around us to totally. make them in a bad mood. And we can't, I don't, I don't really, I'm a materialist. I believe that, everything that we feel and sense has to be real in a, in a, in a way that we can identify 
even if we aren't able Absolutely. to identify. You know, I, right? <laughs> I feel like I always kind of win the religion conversation because it's like less so that it's just like, well, even if, even if the world doesn't mean anything, even if like, there is no afterlife, there is no God, like there is no plan, whatever, whatever. It's just like, yeah, but it was all real to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so if I die, if I die and I disappear and then like, that's it, just nothing, then okay, well, it, it was nice while it lasted. Like it meant something to me at the time. And isn't that just as real as anything yeah. else? But also I like going to church on Christmas. You know what? So that's basically my religion. This actually, this actually reminds me of a previous uh, listeners. If you don't know this already, you should go back and hit up some uh, old episodes that have the Welch Report. Yeah. This reminds me of an episode of the Welch Report you did where uh, you said the Beatles yeah. weren't real <laughs> with Jameson and Rogers. And it was like, do we tell people that the Beatles were, you know, this is all based on this conspiracy theory that's, you know, basically a joke, but we're taking as reality. Do we got to tell our grandparents <laughs> yeah. or our our parents that uh, the Beatles aren't real? You know, it'll destroy no, right? them, you know? We need something to right? live for. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I, uh, I was with a friend when we recorded that and I came downstairs and I was like, so I just did a podcast where I talked about how the Beatles aren't real. And I feel weirdly good in a philosophical sense. <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me and I was like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> just like high as hell. I mean, I wasn't high. I don't smoke, but. Yeah, you and we no. don't work, but in any yeah, case. I, just, I just like, I just hung up and I was like, whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I've just never been in entertainment culture, so I don't know a lot of these references and like, I didn't realize that these conspiracy theories are thick as fucking hell, man. Like they're all over the place with they're uh, all, celebrity they're culture. They're definitely That's all over crazy. the place. There's so many of them, but uh, they all like, they very consistently come down to like, this person is a Satanist this person is a lizard and it's all the illuminati like that's kind of what it call comes down to like you could find 10 different conspiracies <laughs> a little more basic like, maybe it's like some of these conspiracy theories it's like <laughs> fill in the blank like oprah winfrey is a clone like name a celebrity there are yeah. like like at least be I mean, creative come on i feel like... like come on that's why i like <laughs> leah michelle can't read because that's fun something new conspiracy theories make me think of fucking santa claus every time yeah. because you have this whole backstory right that you have to play with but you also have to roll it into what's happening currently so you have this story that you're telling children and it makes them it appeals to something that they desire yeah. and you're feeding them candy intellectually right you're you know this is very sweet to them they want to hear this story right totally it's like so when mom has the same wrapping paper there's a reason why uncle bell isn't at the holiday party at the same time as right, santa right or like, you have that all set totally. up like there's all this kind of like conspiracy or involved. like little susie there's a perfectly logical explanation as to why mom and santa have the same wrapping paper like or the same handwriting <laughs> yeah that was a classic one from my 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 parents did from santa and from them so there was some parent the presents that were from them but then the real big ones were always from santa my parents were the opposite so if it was like a sweatshirt or a fucking 
cool set of socks that was from the parents but it was when it was the pool table or the fucking arcade machine or whatever bullshit like ridiculous gift i'm being hyperbolic like that was from santa that was yeah my parents are the opposite uh because both of my parents grew up like dirt poor like dirt poor and so like they wanted us to my parents did too when they got us something big like a gamecube like a don't run around Uh, telling other children like that might not like might not have been able to afford a gamecube like don't go running around telling them santa loves you more (laughs) and b like uh, like so then if it comes from them they like because we had like the frame of reference like my parents didn't really have a ton of money while we were growing up either still don't and uh so like they so knowing with that frame of reference like oh wow mom and dad really must have had to save to get us this xyz that clocks i mean i feel like my parents and your parents grew up with a similar like financial experience at least yeah and, uh my parents just took it in a different direction where they i i think i it's honestly i think it's a bit of humility and that like they weren't going to take credit for the best totally. gifts right like that 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 you know uh there's some something bigger that, that is responsible yeah i understand that. like both ways to do it some sort of reverence for something bigger yeah it's it, yeah and that perspective is beautiful isn't it yeah how have you been this uh this christmas season have you been feeling the christmas spirit <laughs> honestly no i mean just with everything going on i'm trying to though today i'm putting up a christmas tree and i'm gonna make some cookies with a friend and my dog's wearing his christmas bow tie oh, his that's christmas sweet. sweater <laughs> he's doing so good oh i started talking baby talk and he looked up at me he knows he knows I'm talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> He's extremely Aww. cute. You got him all dressed up? Yes, of course. I'm very white. <laughs> yeah. I'm I man, I'm not seeing my family this yeah, Christmas. And I don't have like I, I don't know if I have the wherewithal to go set up a whole Christmas situation in my house. Totally. Like I'm yeah. when I'm not having guests over. Like, I don't know. I think I would Christmas is my favorite holiday like by far and so I think just doing nothing I would get too sad but I do have a friend coming up and she doesn't do anything either besides work God. so so you've been getting a little bit of the Christmas a spirit. little bit some of the seasonal depression some of the Christmas spirit a good combo of both yeah I have been curiously a little bit more into the christmas music angle like i might start doing christmas music while i'm at work i'm a carpenter and we you know are always playing music and the other day i was like oh yeah like uh, let's listen to a christmas song and it was of course uh it it wasn't a traditional christmas song it was uh father christmas by the kinks Uh -uh. have you heard that one it's uh it, the the lyrics go father christmas give us oh. your money don't mess around with no silly toys i mean that's fair <laughs> we'll beat you up if you don't hand it over <laughs> it, it, like i believe that verse ends with uh save all the money for the little rich boys i mean that's one way <laughs> one way to go about it I was that song like gave me the uh, Christmas spirit though in a in a way that was uh, palpable. My favorite song is uh, <laughs> my favorite Christmas song is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," but with Judy Garland because uh, she was the original singer and I love her. And I was thinking because I was listening to it the other day. In her version, the song goes, "Someday soon we all will be together if the fates allow." 
until mm -hmm. then we'll have to muddle through somehow and i'm like it's a COVID song like COVID christmas <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to uh, some of the other more common versions like i think bing crosby has one or maybe frank sinatra i don't remember uh, i listen to really old school christmas music oh there's something magical about that old I christmas love music frank sinatra. he's like my favorite can you tell i was raised by a 77 year old man <laughs> uh, hey, I was raised by uh by that age. You're 40 now. As well. now. <laughs> uh, even though even though we are also like 10 years apart. Well, no, 20 yeah. years apart. <laughs> yeah, right. So with you that makes a little sense. It's so funny that we have the same references yeah. though. Did you watch White Christmas? Oh gosh, I can't remember. My family really liked It's a Wonderful Life. That's that's theirs. Well, yeah, that was yeah, that's an, that's a clear classic too. White Christmas is like a song and dance number kind of movie, uh, but it was it, yeah, it's just one of these like nice traditional kind of experiences for Christmas. My mom also likes there's uh, something about the Christmas season that is so tradition heavy. Totally, my mom's favorite movie is The Bishop's Wife, which I haven't seen. My mom is very uh, Catholic. Wow, <laughs> yeah. very Catholic. <laughs> Well, the Catholics love Christmas, I guess. They love staying up late on yeah, Christmas. Yeah, they also love alcohol. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Do we, I, Sam, I think we have a caller. Should I answer? I mean, sure. All right, here we go. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hey there, Mel. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, who, who is this? Oh, you can tell, can't you? I mean, you hear that laugh, you're talking about Christmas and all that, and then you hear this laugh oh on the God. other end of the phone. Who do you think it is? It's Santa Claus! Oh. You do sound oh jolly. God. like Santa, I'm a huge fan. Oh, Sam, I'm a huge fan of you. You're a very, oh my God, you're, thank you're, you. you're, you're consistently on the nice list. Oh, oh my God, I try. <laughs> I can't believe that Santa listens to this podcast. That's so uh, that's so encouraging. It really is. I have to listen to every podcast so I can be sure that people are good boys and girls. Sometimes, you know, people don't listen to podcasts, and then it turns out they said some real fucked up shit, and they end up not getting hired on Saturday Night Live because they were a little <laughs> white fuck boy. Because they were a punchy little asshole who couldn't write any decent jokes, so he had to denigrate other comedians by calling them homophobic slurs and the whatnot. Yeah, I guess God you gotta damn. cover all your bases. Me, me, last year Shane Gillis got a big old thing of coal. <laughs> That's awesome. I, did, I never thought of uh, Santa as a progressive uh, ideologue. Oh, you he know? Totally That's pretty tight. He just wants you to be nice to people. Are you? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I, I'm not perfect. I'm learning every day. Uh, and sometimes it's very helpful to me in a year like this. It's been so chaotic and you don't know who to send gifts to. Then you find, then you hear things like, you know, all cops are bastards. And it's like, all right, that's a huge chunk of people. I don't have to worry about getting toys to anymore. easier. Uh, how are you? Like, how have you been this oh, year? You know, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Uh, I remember, the, you know, at the beginning of the year when all the COVID stuff started, I was actually in a really good place because I thought, oh, thank God, COVID, maybe finally something has developed that can kill me and end my curse of immortality. And yet I am still... <laughs> 
trapped in this mortal coil. Ho, 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 ho. Damn, Santa. Wait, you don't pass the uh, torch in like end your days at some point? I haven't been, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I have literally no memory of a life where I wasn't Santa. And I don't know, I don't know if I was cursed or if I was born to be this way, but I know that I long for escape. But COVID did not bring that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Are you this jolly thing? uh, Everybody thinks of Santa as very jolly. You sound a little bit, maybe a little depressed. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Are you you jolly or not? The smell, but oftentimes it's the most depressed people that are best at hiding it. Mm, That's a good point. (laughs) Santa Claus, the new national face of depression. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I've been saying for years, get my mug off those fucking Coke cans and put it on all the things for the suicide hotline. <laughs> That's where I should be the mascot. Actually, Santa, I'm really glad you're here because, you know, men have in particular have a really hard time talking about mental health issues. Like in Europe, as I'm sure you know, there's a really big uh, mental health push for men in particular, trying to like lots of PSAs, trying to get men to go to therapy, express themselves. And so I'm, I'm really proud that you're speaking up. I think that's amazing and really um, is a testament to your strength. So good for you, man. Oh God, Sam, you know, I really needed to hear that. I've been trying to get on board with the, with, with, you know, especially in all over Europe, my stocking stuffers have been promo codes for better health. For better help, mm. I should say. So all you know, I have better use... help. That's where I get my therapy. Well, if you would use the promo code Santa, you would have gotten, uh, uh, I don't know, something off. Uh... Well, better health is not a sponsor. Uh, well, it's a well. You're a podcast, so I'm assuming they'll get around to you at some point. <laughs> right. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only right. podcast that Better Health hasn't had at least one add-on would probably be the joe rogan podcast because the last thing that those people are interested in is getting people better mental health yeah honestly i think if somebody listens to the joe rogan podcast you kind of know who they are as a person oh 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 they're an awfully stupid person man Santa, is there like room on the on the nice list for somebody that only listens to Joe Rogan episodes to hear the guest? It depends on the guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to hear Hannibal Burris, that's fine with me. I don't care. He's a very funny, laid back comedian. But if you're listening to hear what you know Jordan Peterson has to say, I don't think I can allow it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're listening for Alex Jones's hot takes. Yeah. I don't think that uh, I can let that slide. You heard it here, uh, Lampshade Media listeners. Santa is not putting you on the nice list for listening to Joe Rogan. No, I mean, look, we all have our... God knows that that fucking... Whatever YouTube algorithm they have has really bit me in the ass before. Because I've been on YouTube, and I'll see, oh, hey, here's... And it'll be like a picture of Tony Hawk. And it says, Tony Hawk talks about this. And I'm like, great. And I click it, and it's a Joe Rogan interview. And I'm like, oh, well, well, I guess we'll see if Tony Hawk will say something cool. And maybe he does after 10 fucking minutes of going off about God knows what. And then for a solid month, 
the only YouTube recommended videos I have are Joe Rogan videos, and I don't appreciate <laughs> that at all. That's 100% accurate. That is exactly how that works, and it is maddening. I, God yeah. forbid someone <laughs> look at my YouTube homepage and think that I'm some kind of weird fucking blue pill or red pill, whichever pill those weirdos pretend to take. God damn it. Oh, why do I feel like I sound like I sound like a mix between Santa and Super Dave Osborne? I don't know why. <laughs> Sam, did you write a, a wish list to uh, oh, Santa give it this to me, year? Sam. I, 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 I want to see what I can do for you this year. You know, I didn't write one, but I guess I could tell you what I want. Um, well, you know, one <laughs> thing I need. He's right yeah, here. I mean, one thing I need, I need a new, I need a set of decent cooking knives. Like I'm not, I, I have a couple knives, but they're really dull. And so I need some good knives. Other than that, I want the vaccine, um, and I want um, to be happy like you do. So, so we'll oh, get there. Boy. I mean, the knives. I could probably do something about that. Um, <laughs> the other I two could were probably big ass, get you I some know. knives. <laughs> the vaccine, you know, uh, that's not. That's not. God knows, I, I you know I don't have the vaccine. Although the good the thing about that is it's it's helped me out because there's been just uh, so many less. If if I knew that all you needed to do to be naughty was to stand less than six feet away from somebody, I would have implemented COVID rules centuries ago. That's a really good point. Because <laughs> now I could just look and see like, oh, did did Shelley? Oh, Shelly got too close to her grandmother on a visit. Oh, it's cold for Shelly. Yeah, I'm really loving these the the progressive uh, Santa Claus. I had no idea. I grew up with a conservative Santa Claus. Well, that guy's a real asshole. I don't. Yeah, because there is a conservative Santa. There's two Santas. There is another Santa. Where does he live? Oh, I think he moved to Texas for tax reasons. <laughs> In a real Joe Rogan sense. move, he moved to Texas for tax reasons and then tried to act like he was getting away from the whole North Pole type of society. Really, he's just doing it for tax stuff. And that guy, <laughs> that guy sucks. All he gives good boys and girls is 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 red meat. Mm, weird. <laughs> just give elk. a big yeah, slab elk, of red I'm meat, sure. and I'm. It's like. <laughs> There's no way that's going to keep all night. Like, it'll start to stink. Like, oh, God. <laughs> it makes more sense that two Santas are covering the entire earth. At least you're dividing the work in, into some portion. But, like, you guys have, like, representative districts where I'm giving gifts to these people and conservative Santa gives gifts to people in rural America I mean, I give or whatever. I gifts all over. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of times conservative Santa piggybacks on kids that I've already given gifts to. I'll give little Johnny... Uh, like a toy trade, and then conservative Santa will be like, "Oh, oh, here's some fucking deer meat," and I'm like, "That's not helping him." Yeah, Gary. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the other thing. He's conservative Santa. He only started doing the job like 50 years ago, and he volunteered. I've been cursed, and then this fucking prick. Oh, <laughs> damn. 
he wanted, he wanted it. it. Yeah. That's the thing. These guys, they want all this attention. They they want to be rabble rousers. And then when people, you know, say, hey, why are you doing that? Maybe stop doing that. It's probably not a good idea. Then they go, stop trying to silence me. You you will always be my Santa, at least for the next 40 years. I mean, you know, God willing, if there is a God, I don't know. There was a time in my life where I thought I might be God. You do have a bit of omnipotence in uh, knowing uh, Naughty and Nice, and that is a God play. I always assumed, like, God and Santa were, like, in talks. Like, they had a meeting, a, a monthly meeting yeah, or something. Yeah, just to, like, keep track. That was kind of my assumption. So you don't talk to God? I thought I spoke to God once, but then it turned out that um, I, just, I just got some real, real whacked out LSD, and I was just talking to one of the elves for like 10 hours, and I thought that he was God. <laughs> I feel like your workplace has got to be a lot better than Conservative Santa's, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Conservative Santa's definitely has a lot more, uh, he has a lot more HR complaints, which is ironic considering he never hired an HR department. I hired an HR department years ago, and I haven't had one complaint from them. <laughs> I mean, I'm no saint. Again, I treat I treat those elves pretty poorly, but then again, I don't really see them as being real. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. <laughs> no, if you saw so... them, you'd fucking you'd be like, oh, I get it, Santa. Because they're just okay. little weirdos. I try to give them days off and they just want to work on their little they just want to work on toys just want to do this all year like it's like look like look we need to be prepared but do something outside of work i mean jeez so you're literally trying to force a vacation on people that are like no this is my vacation i just want yeah. to work it sounded a little bit like america it's kind of like in harry potter with the house elves i mean i guess that tracks do they get paid i've, I've tried to pay them and all they'll take is cookies and I'm like, I don't I mean, think this. Sense. This is how house elves are. I'm not that surprised. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's oh, there's one thing that that fucking turf got right about elves is that they are weird about clothes, man. <laughs> you know how many times I've yeah. tried to give them nice suits, and they're like, "No, we want to wear these weird little half dresses and pointy hats." And I'm like, "Okay, man." But I mean, if like, that's what makes whatever. them happy. Then who are we to yeah, say, right? I mean, like, you can say you treat them bad, but if they're happy. Okay, this is a real question. Have you ever considered trying to kill yourself? Um, that's a great question, Sam. Look, my sadness is firmly rooted in the fact that I can't die. I, I, would, I, I didn't try to kill myself until like 1950. Mm. And, then I, and then I finally just said, I'm going to drive this sleigh to the fucking... Empire State Building, <laughs> and I, we tried, and I just went right through the goddamn thing, and it's just—it's like a, again, a it's like job. a cruel joke being played on me. I—I I mean, I considered myself a happy person, uh, but uh, it's just when man. I when I stare into the abyss of life and I just see myself staring back, it's hard not to get a little wonky in the noggin. <laughs> well, Santa. As a just a last message to the the citizens of the world, what can we do to help? What can we do as citizens to help you out and maybe land um, ourselves a couple extra nice right points? Right now, 
You could do everybody in the world a favor and just stay the fuck away from everybody. Just stay away. Stop killing people by just flagrantly disobeying orders from doctors. Okay, okay then, Santa. So then how are you going to get gifts to kids this year? Oh, that's a great question, Sip. So I've developed this new technology where all you need to do is download an app called Venmo, and I'll send you the appropriate amount of money that your niceness has afforded you. Okay. So if you've been real nice this year. Like on a meritocracy basis? Is this like like pay, like like you you get a certain amount based on how good yeah, you've find, been? So that's not just good again, or bad. It's like it's this not year, just black or white. With all now. the people being super naughty, with all the people dying, I have a lot less people to give gifts to this year. And so I've just decided to fully monetize this bitch. And uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it's going to work out. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's it, just be nicer to people. I don't. Uh, you know, it's, it can't be that hard. So basically, Santa just learned about gift cards. Oh, my God. Yeah. How, I don't know how you how, how the world has kept this from me. Gift cards, it's the most amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> I could send them through email. <laughs> if you could send gifts to the entire world, if you could personally deliver gifts to the entire world, in one night, imagine what email, how fast it would be. It's like, <laughs> you don't have to mess with deer. Do you know how, no, no other business has this much, except for jerky, no other business has to deal with reindeer this much. And there's a reason for that. I mean, yeah, God, it's a whole deal. It's just such a pain. And now it's like, oh, hey, here's an iTunes gift card. You don't have iTunes? That's cool. Uh, you know, then I'll just Venmo you somebody. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know what? But for you, Sam, if you just put that, those knives on your Amazon wish list, I'll fucking, I'll just, I'll have those directly sent over to you and I'll use an independent store and I'll use the post office because we got to give that, we got to help those. Yeah, for sure. All those people out. Hell yeah. That's the other thing. This year, I feel like when I deliver toys i'm like being a scab or like i'm hurting the post office because god knows they need that they need that business to stay afloat and that'd be a great marketing angle for them i could totally see the post office and santa claus in unison working I, for the good of everybody in totally the world. like i believe I, look, in that future Especially nowadays, I wouldn't mind having a uniform that kind of showed off my figure a little bit more. You know what I mean? We live in this world of body positivity, and yet I'm still forced to wear this big yeah. burly suit to hide my big old rolls. Yeah. I've always imagined you as barrel-chested but very strong. You're carrying this huge fucking sack. You know what I mean? And I don't, yeah, I mean the sack of toys, but like I don't know anything about your testicles. But, but you don't yeah. know about my testicles. Bur burly. I'll just say that. <laughs> you know <laughs> on that note santa hey, it's uh it's been great yeah really to felt yeah felt, <laughs> felt great there's no you know that you've done a really good segment when people when you end it on talking about your balls <laughs> yeah has that always been the case you know you, Sam? i don't have any balls so not for me personally 
but I can understand it, I guess. I mean, Sam, she's she's a wonderful, you know, in case people weren't aware, she's, Sam's a wonderful comedian and has had to sit through a lot of uh, not funny men talk about their bodies in a way that would make True. most people literally insane. Uh, I, I know I have, I mean, I I have a comedian friend. I have a comedian friend that has a very specific memory of of uh, doing an open mic and doing a bit that was that talked about some sort of bodily feature or function. It definitely still has a memory of seeing Sam Welch in the audience looking legitimately disgusted and for good reason. <laughs> do you know what he's talking about? I do. You know, I've gotten that comment from so many people. Because my face, I'm not really good at hiding my facial expressions, and so it's problematic because when I like something, unless I'm like laughing, laughing, but it, it's usually like kind of a stone-faced expression. <laughs> Whereas if I think something's awkward or terrible, I'm kind of like grimacing. <laughs> and uh, so it looks like a smile. Does, it ha does that mean... Does that mean bad when you're grimacing? Yeah, you know, like that emoji with his teeth, like he's gritting his teeth. And just like Ooh. oh like awkward yeah exactly like that's kind of what my face looks like and i've had many 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 friends be like yeah i thought you hated my comedy i'm like no <laughs> that's just what my face looks like <laughs> you see i have the exact opposite problem where my face is oftentimes just frozen in this like jolly state and so people think I love their stuff and they're like, oh, and you know, they, they tell their friends, oh, Santa, you know, I, I did a show and Santa was in the audience and he really loved my stuff. I just want to tell him, absolutely not. I do not condone <laughs> your type of humor or anything you stand for. <laughs> you know how many times I've had to have that same goddamn conversation with Rob Schneider? It's infuriating. <laughs> What do you call the opposite of bitch face? Uh, uh, jolly face, I think. Santa's I got think jolly resting, face. I think it's resting friend face. Ooh, resting, resting friend, friend face. face. Yeah, just like your natural face is just like, oh, I want to be their friend. Yeah, and it's weird because I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice person once you get to know me, but like uh, people, people get real, real comfortable real quick with me. I think it's I think it's part of that mall Santa bullshit, but people get real quick with me. I get a lot of, I get a lot of, I feel like a lot of close talkers come at me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I know the type. It's, know it's the type. always so weird. Cause it's just like half the time it's like, dude, your, your breath is not good enough to be this close to me. And then also there's plenty of times where it's like, I genuinely can't tell if you're trying to come on to me. Cause we're just talking about, we're just talking about like how much we love Ted dancing or something, but you're getting so close to me that I'm like, are you getting like, is Ted dancing a weird turn on for you? And you're trying to get something going with me. I'm a married man. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, you got to watch out for that. They, they have that song about me that says you better watch out, but you really, you really better watch out for Mrs. Claus because if she thinks you're trying to steal her man, she will come after you like a goddamn jaguar. I bet that's pretty hot, too. <laughs> um, not really. Uh, you know, because <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's nice to know that I have that, you know, my, my, 
my wife has my back and everything, but it's also, it's just like, come on, sweetie, you don't, you don't need to claw at that woman's face just because she talked about how much she enjoyed the Christmas gifts I gave her. Also, that child's only 10 years old. <laughs> the amount of times my wife has physically assaulted children because she thinks they're coming on to me. <laughs> oh, it's too many to count and too many to bear at a certain point. Uh, that's a whole deal. That's a whole deal. Well, am I on the nice list? Well, you, you, Mel, you're the type of guy who each year I cut. It's like every week I kind of have to assess, like, okay. Damn. <laughs> like, what, 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 which, which, which column won out the week? And then you give, you know, and then at a certain point you just go, all right, I don't know. He gets another year long subscription to Sports Illustrated because it's like, I can't tell if he's naughty or nice enough. And that's the real, that's a, I, I got that sounds like punishment man i'd take a triple a membership you're the type of, you, of kid if you, if you're you, the type of kid that i give what i call aunt and uncle gifts to where it's like it's <laughs> it's not a bad thing but you can't really say that you're excited about it right yeah socks maybe so socks can be fun especially now they have socks with all kinds of fun stuff on it i got socks <laughs> that have that have uh, my face on it but i'm 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 kissing i'm kissing a reindeer <laughs> wow that must feel weird <laughs> all right all right santa <laughs> all right thank you thank you so much for calling in hey, it's uh it's, it's an nice honor to, to speak be heard with you. once in a while be good out there everybody <laughs> oh god uh, be well santa Santa sounds depressed. <laughs> Santa seems like he's going through it. Yeah, Santa's going through it. We're all going through it, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I guess we've all kind of had a bad and traumatic year. Everybody, it seems to me that there has been an incredible number of my personal friends that have already been fucking going through it, and then 2020 happened, and Everything that everyone's oh, going yeah. through is bad enough, but so many of my friends were already going through it, you know? That's, yeah, that's exactly the boat I was in. It was just like, hey, um, would you like all of the worst things to happen in your life to happen on top of a global pandemic? Like, I don't know who I pissed off in a past life, but goddamn. But then I moved and got a dog, so. Yeah, did the dog help? Yes, he's Have you best. eaten the dog yet? Have you eaten any parts of the dog? I know how you feel about eating no. animals. No, what? When they're cute. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You were talking about how yeah, like, yeah, when yeah, something's yeah, yeah. really okay, cute, yeah. you're like, I want to eat it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's so cute. I want to fucking smash him with a hammer and then slice <laughs> him up with a chainsaw. Like, Well, I didn't take it that is. far. <laughs> Yes, no, he's just so cute, and I just have really bad cute aggression. Just like, oh, I just want to fucking cute smash aggression. him. Cute aggression, that's the thing. So, so, so far, Toto has survived the cute aggression. Yes, he's a very spoiled boy. Yeah. <laughs> and so dressed up cute for Christmas. Yes. Yeah, well, I hope, I hope Santa gets the help he needs. <laughs> I hope so, too. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> 
Yeah, seems like a good dude though. Like I've never heard that version of Santa before. Like I've only seen some sort of like weird representation of Santa. I've never had the the source right there on the horn like that. I can really empathize with like putting on a happy face and having to do and having to be on for everyone. Yeah. And then just sometimes you just like just totally mask off. So I get that. Like Oh yeah. I think he seems like a good like he seems like a good dude all overall. He's trying his best just going through it it's a total reference to the uh to the sad clown trope that 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 applies to all comics right absolutely i i'm I'm not a comic and sometimes there's some confusion about that i'm a podcaster i talk to comics (laughs) and i throw uh, house shows in any case i'm definitely not a comic and (laughs) i totally see that there is a tie between depression and comedy but oh totally there's a tie there it's not inherent it's not inherent but i think and this is my opinion and tell me what you think of this my opinion is that there is a tie between self-reflection and the ability to read a room and depression because you're able then to focus on negativity of more than just yourself. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Hmm. Yeah, I think I see where you're going. Um, I can't really speak for anybody else, but I know, like, at least for me, like, yes, I have a lot of mental health issues. Like, yes, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And then I think the way it comes out in my comedy is not not so much my ability to read a room but just like just being able to laugh at yourself yeah and just it's like well if i'm like like why am i going through all this if i can't at least make a joke about it right yeah um and like for me i'm like like super a type super perfectionist like it is like even if you stripped all that mental health stuff away, like, I think, I don't, I don't know if I'd be, it's funny. Like, that's not even like, oh, like, oh, this is like, I need to be sad to create art. That's not, not yeah. true at all. And I think that's a really dangerous slope to go down. But yeah. I just mean like, just because so many of my jokes are just like, so self-deprecating. Um, and that's just like how, like, it, it would totally ch- change the lens and how I see the world. But, um. But even if you stripped all that mental health stuff away, like, I think comedy would still probably be where I'd be, like, hanging my hat on just because, like, it, like, it makes sense for me as, like, who I am as a person. Like, I'm very social. Like, I like the immediate feedback. I like, um, I like trying things again and again and again and again. I've been in public speaking since I was, like, 14 or something. Like, so it's all, all kind of been there. I don't know. That makes sense. I mean with comedy the it's it's just interesting because it deals so closely with uh reality that it brings you right to reality like but it's the the sharpness of it cuts in a way like sometimes it's bullying right you can be comedic in a bullying way but it seems like the comedy i appreciate more often cuts right to the core of me you know what I mean? Because what really good comedians, in my opinion, do is bring to attention something that is similarly disappointing about humanity, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that about, like, the bullying, like, the mean comedy, because I don't really like that either. 
And I think there are so many people that just do that. And especially, like, you see it among, like, teenagers trying to be funny because that's what it is. It's just bullying comedy. Like, teenagers trying to be funny. Like, when you're, like, 14, 15, like, a lot of kids think, like, you have to be mean to be funny. Right. I mean, I mean, I could wax poetic about high school all day long. (laughs) Well, you're closer to it than I am. Unfortunately. Well, you think about roasts. I have an uncomfortable relationship with roasts. Um, I, uh... I mean, like, anybody can roast me. Like, I, like, sure. Like, for somebody who is so sensitive, like, I, like, that stuff doesn't really bother me. Probably because my entire friend group, like, particularly from college, like, who I all love to pieces, we all just shit on each other. We're just brutal. Like, cut cut down to the bone. Yeah. Like, just brutally mean to each other. That's a weird thing, so, like, thing, I'm kind of right? used to it. I mean, I, I It is have a weird that... thing. I don't know. Like, my best friend, like, my absolute best friend in the world, her nickname in college, Satan. Like, oh, don't nice. know why. Just like, yeah, she's fucking Satan. Like, oh, great. Like, every time she'd enter the room, it's just like, oh, fuck her. Go away. Like, casual conversation. You were just like, she was in the kitchen. You were like, hey, Satan. Yeah, no, like, and just like, if she would, like, she would come into the room and just like, get the fuck out. Nobody wants you here. <laughs> like, can you, like, all of my friends are like that. I, I remember uh, getting into a framing crew when I was like 19 and 20, something like that. I, I was, you know, a year or two out of high school and like working in construction for the first time. And it was like boot camp, man. They were such hard asses. And they like gave me shit in a way that I'd never received shit before, you know? <laughs> it was like a hardening. Yeah. It was a period of hardening for me where I was like, this is the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was like I was just out of high school and like that shit like fucking it I guess it was important, but then it, it's also like oh, there's so much fear. There's so much fear in this hardening period for adolescents, and there's so much fear in adults that teach adolescents that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, personally, like, I mean, which I guess kind of goes into what you were saying about, like, just out of being just out of high school. Like, I remember finding, like, culturally, like, there were obviously a ton of different things that were better for me in particular about college and about high school, but, like... Okay, so, like, you know how, like, in high school, it's just, like, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. Like, yeah, I'm sorry you're not popular in high school. High school sucks. It gets better, right? Like, culturally, I found college and high school to be very similar. And so I got mm. to college, and it's, like, it has not gotten better yet. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, but also that was just kind of the school I went to. And I appreciate my time there. I mean, but my, I mean, I went to a tiny-ass college in a tiny-ass town. Oh, wow. And it was probably, like... So, like, just really culturally similar to my hometown in Montana, so. Was this in Montana? Oh, no, I went to college in Ohio. That's how I ended up there. Oh, what what college did you go to here? Marietta College. It's right on the border of West Virginia, kind of by Parkersburg. How did you end up there? Uh, Scholarship money. <laughs> so you grew up in Montana, right? Yeah, okay, so what happened was... Uh, when my sister was a senior in high school, she got all this stuff from Marietta College, Marietta College, and they were saying, like, you don't have to get letters of recommendation or pay the application fee, yada, yada, yada. And so my mom was just like, well, apply to see what happens. And she ended up getting a lot of money from there. And then, like, same thing happened to me. My sister was a senior there when I was a freshman. 
it ended up being cheaper for me to go to Marietta than it was for me to go to like Montana State or University of Montana. Wow. So that kind of like made the decision for me. So the only reason I know you at all is because Marietta College in the state of Ohio gave you a good deal on your education. Yes. Yes. It's because, yeah, because one time in 2010, my mom forced my sister to apply to this tiny liberal arts school in Ohio. Wow. So you can, you can actually, uh, it's kind of a funny story. You don't even, you can't even thank my mom for that. You can thank my childhood dentist for that. The dentist? Because that was what happened. Like my dentist who like, is like also like kind of a family friend, like strongly encouraged my mom to like push Allie to apply to that school. It's like kind of, it's like a weird story. I don't really think about it as that weird until I try to tell somebody about it. But you're just like, yeah, I guess it is weird that I grew up in Montana, randomly decided to go to Ohio when I had no family there, and now I'm in California. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's really weird. It is It is a little weird. I mean, it's funny, like, that for listeners, you uh, hopefully already understand that Sam Welch is the uh, infamous reporter from the Welch Report. And before right. that, you've been doing social media with uh, with me for probably over a year now. I've, yeah, that sounds about right. I've given you a certain amount of money for your work. Like we've got a we've got a working relationship, and I think we're also friends. But you've been uh, I I think so too. Yeah, you you've been more involved with uh, with this project than any person outside of myself and Tyson. I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. I've got my lampshade media sticker right here. <laughs> on yeah, my water bottle yeah and i'm like I'm, and i almost just totally spilled like a whole bottle of water onto my work laptop that would have been bad yikes oh this is a secret i have a secret hopefully nobody from my company hears this okay so over the summer i spilled jewelry cleaner on my work laptop and i had to get it replaced don't tell my company <laughs> <laughs> they might be listening jewelry cleaner mel like come on i don't know what that even means i don't have jewelry I, well, yeah, like, I mean, it was to polish my rings. I wanted them to be shiny. And they were. Yeah. <laughs> so was the inside of that laptop, I bet. <laughs> I have this weird aversion to jewelry. Like, I, as a human, it seems like that is weird. Like, I don't like jewelry. I don't. I don't... It's definitely like a monkey brain thing. Like, ooh, sparkle. Like, I, I feel I my weird rings, about my it. Favorite. Like, I feel weird about wearing wearing rings. Like, it has to have some sort of, like, significant meaning. So, like, a wedding ring meant something. And when I was in high school, like, yeah. I thought class ring meant something. And then I became quickly embarrassed of what that meant. Totally. So, like, I have a class ring from high school that I haven't worn since I was a freshman. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not big on jewelry either, generally. I just really like the rings I have. I want to get a bunch. I think yeah. that looks cool when people have a bunch of rings. Yeah, stacked. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you stack them rings. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, you're in L.A. now, so you got to, like, represent fucking L.A. culture, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when I find out what that is, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm excited to find out, actually. Are you still yeah, like really waiting to for... experience LA? It's got to be weird, like living there, but still waiting to experience it. <laughs> it is, but you know, it's also like totally, but it's also like been really good for me. Like, just like, I don't have, there is nothing external I can focus on. Like I have to focus on myself. It's not an option to not focus on myself um, because there's nothing else to do. 
<laughs> that's not like it's not even me trying to sound like all uh like philosophical it's just like no i literally cannot focus on anything but myself like yeah and my dog and so like i just i go outside and i think i found a really nice beach where i can take the dog yeah um, wow. he loves the beach and just like go to places and go outside and think honestly everybody loves the beach sam and then write about what i'm thinking about how how okay how far of a walk are you from the beach uh, it is not a walk uh, I think the closest beach is like 30 minutes away if there's no traffic. Fair enough. So 30 the beach, minutes. the beach that I'm talking about is like an hour drive, but it's a gorgeous drive. And so I don't mind going. Like, I like that beach because of the really pretty, really long drive. You have a beach within 30 minutes, but the beach you really like is an hour. Yeah. I mean, like I could go to like Long Beach or Santa Monica and those are, those are fairly close. I mean, I'm in Burbank, so. Uh, yeah. I've heard about Burbank. Yeah, the beach I like is in Malibu, and Malibu's a little far north. Oh. It's right on the, it's like right off, right on the coast, like to drive, like so you drive on the one, and it's just right across the ocean. It's Pacific Coast Highway. It's incredibly pretty, and it's just nice to go and think. Yeah. Have you gotten used to how they call highways in California the, and then state the number like the one hundred one, the one, uh, you know what I mean, the highway it's and, and Only like in Ohio, because it's I like know they do we're that. on 75 and or we're on 77 and it's like like a whole different like angle on that it's like we're not on the 75 nobody would in ohio right. would ever say we're on the 75 this this little like picadillo really bothers me about memeology in america because uh, i feel like we all need to get on the same page that we don't have to say the fucking highway that we're on <laughs> I feel strongly. Tell me, how do you feel? I I don't have an opinion on it. I only started saying it because I know other people do. And don't I don't want to start sound like an outsider. Don't join. Are you a joiner? <laughs> Are you a joiner? Oh. I mean, I was in a sorority and, and I was a cheerleader. So I God think that answers the question for you. I would be, I am a cheerleader as a human, but like, we don't have to cheerlead everything. You know, we can make choices, <laughs> you know, we can only like cheer yeah, like, on ideas that are really good, you know? <laughs> but I also like being included. <laughs> I, I do too. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't like feeling left out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm just a sensitive little kiddo. <laughs> Please don't yeah. exclude me. <laughs> Fucking comics. So sensitive. <laughs> I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just like a little pup. And, unless it's a roast, and then you're fucking fierce as shit. Oh, yeah. I can be mean. Well, I mean, I also know how to cut people. Like, <laughs> I can also be really fucking mean. Like, I know how to I cut. Actively I go out of my cut. way to not be mean, but like, I <laughs> can certainly say really fucking mean things. Yeah. Have you and ever, I have. Have you ever seen or have you ever been involved with uh, Olivia's compliment battle? No, that was before I got here. I think her last one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming as someone that has no association with Olivia in any way other than producing a future podcast of hers that um there may be a future, you know, compliment battle. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, assuming everything's still on Zoom. Yeah, of course. Yeah, virtual compliment battle. Um. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, that is such a fun experience because the same comedy that can be used to assault can be used to uplift, but it's just a different challenge. And we've been presented like with a world in which the roast, the tearing down of your fellow peer is funny but you can actually uplift them and be funny and it, and it's been proven as this show has been successful over the few years it's been done like that's a thing comedians can actually write and uplift each other while being funny and it's like oh well i'll be damned right. you know what the fuck ha! we don't just have to shit on each other to be funny you know that's amazing right yeah i i love olivia she's great and i think it's such a great idea as a comedy writer, of uh, is that is that something you have considered? Yeah, it'd probably be really hard. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do it. Like, if she ever decided to do like a virtual option during all this, or like, I mean, I'm sure I'll be in Ohio again at some point. You got enough friends here, though. Once the COVID shit lifts, yeah. you'll have a place to crash well, if you right. want to visit. Right. That's true. <laughs> something that's interesting for me as a fucking nearly forty year old person is working with. Uh, these younger comics in town like is so educational for me and i don't know how you feel about that oh, as yeah. a younger comic in town that i work with but <laughs> you have a big impact on my understanding oh, I mean, of the world you know oh well that's nice yeah that's nice to hear you got something you, you want to say because i'm hearing <laughs> i am a weird balance between debilitating narcissism and crippling like self-doubt so um i think everything i have to say is important yeah no we know you're a comic so great this is great to, this is great validation <laughs> hey, sam everything you say is important thank you is this weird crossover thank because you. i as a podcaster it's it's a specifically nerdy thing but i definitely feel like my conversational skills are worth being recorded but you specifically like are like i'm funny i need to be heard <laughs> yes that's true uh, completely <laughs> which is funny because i'll get off stage i'll be like i'm the least funny person in existence like i will now be moving to mars <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah do you listen to your sets Yes, I think it's an important exercise, but I don't like to because nobody really likes to hear the sound of their own voice. Oh my god, it's I do. Yeah, it's frightening, right? Yeah, I think it's important to record your sets so you can figure out like, oh, well, like they like this part, they didn't really quite like this part. How can I reword this part? Because yeah. like, yeah, you can do that by just going up on stage and remembering, but I think that's harder sometimes. Yeah, and some people do that, but recording sets it seems like almost like so easy and so cheat worthy, right? <laughs> like well, the benefit right. it's is not so like available. hard to do yeah yeah i mean so like from my angle as a podcaster i listen to everything i do and i listen whatever the public is hearing that i publish i've listened to three times already you know so like I, i'm listen. i listen right. like self constantly and i hear every time i say like and i hear every time i don't know exactly Absolutely. what to say immediately you know and and think about the timing of all of that and, and there's something about that level of communication that makes public speaking so exciting and wild right the, it's all based on wit i think some of the best comedy advice i ever got was that like and it's so like well yeah obviously but it was still really good advice just like 
okay, you might know that you forgot a bit, like that you forgot a part of your joke, but they don't know that. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't know it. Don't worry about it, which is just so like, especially because again, public speaking background, like I'm so used to like being like word for word for word, what I want to say yeah, and like having a lot of control over my set. And so that's something I need to work on, but maybe in 2021. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do with comedy? Um, I'm going to be really famous, so. You're going to be famous for comedy or are you just going to be famous because you're an LA superstar? I'm like. I'm like half kidding. I don't know. I mean, like I want to be in entertainment writing. Like I write for a living as it is. I'd like to be writing funny things rather than trying to sell jeans. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Like I'm funny. I like doing it. Let's, let's see what we can make happen. Right. I mean, hell yeah. <laughs> let's see. Let's hmm. throw the fucking dice. You got them in your hand. You might as well. throw. Like them. I said earlier, like I still have potential. Yeah. Well, Hey, potential is, uh, is interesting. Like I, I, you've got way more potential than I've, than I have for sure. But you know, there, it's hard to admit that as you get older, there's diminishing returns on potential, right? It's true. That's what I was saying earlier. Like it's at what true. point? <laughs> it's true. There's diminishing returns on potential as you get older, but right. I feel like the returns are still so exponential that it's worth diving into no matter how old you are. That's my, totally. that's my message to the world is that, uh, you know, it's, it's the quicker you get in the better. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's very true. Right. That's a hopeful message, isn't it? And that's a great place to leave people on lampshade media presents black Spider-Man. Okay, so about that name. Okay, go ahead. I don't think it's a bad name, but I've also never seen any Spider-Man movies, and so I don't think it's that relatable. And as your social media specialist, I think you should listen to me. Okay. You don't think that the majority of people in the world understand that Miles Morales is black Spider-Man and that that's fucking right. I mean, shit? yeah, they, they might, but I've still never seen Spider-Man. Like I've still never seen Spider-Man. If I were just scrolling through, like I wouldn't click on it because I'd be like, Oh, superhero podcast. All right. Like it needs to be universal. That's somebody like pretty much everybody likes. I'm, I'm willing to take your advice. Shoot from the hip. What should we rename the fucking podcast to? We need to rename it to We Love Dogs. Okay. Everyone loves dogs. This has universal appeal. People almost thought I was eating dogs on this podcast, so I want to clear that up too. This is a little selfish, not going I but also still everybody think loves you dogs. might eat dogs if they're cute enough. I still think no, that. I don't. Oh, I just want to squeeze them. <laughs> how about we? We? How about we angrily love dogs? Is that? <laughs> Is that the uh, the final the final answer? We angrily love dogs. From here on out, yes. my social media fucking representative and Lampshade Media Presents here is telling me that the name of the podcast should always and forever be Lampshade Media Presents. We angrily love dogs. I stand by that. It's impassioned. Fucking perfect. Yes. This is something I can get behind. Who can? You know? This is really, I feel like this is going to catch... I feel like Lampshade Media Presents angrily loves dogs. And I have never been angry about loving you, Sam Welch. You are the fucking best. Aww. I love you too. Uh, well, love you much and and 
good luck in everything you're doing and keep letting me know how uh shit works out in LA. Totally, man. <laughs> and totally. give uh you can give Toto a belly rub for me. I will. <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah, hell yeah. Love you. Love you too, man. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Chipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden. <laughs> <laughs>